Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Welcome to the last episode of season two of the Time and Talks podcast. Wowza, what a year we've had. So many amazing podcast episodes from interviews to solo cast. Man, it was good. I listen to all my podcasts myself in the car because when I'm editing or when I'm in the moment, whether it's like recording or interviewing, I'm present, but I feel like I need to listen to it to fully absorb it. And so I've learned so much from my own podcast from my guest. Uh, It's been such an honor to have so many new listeners join on. And dare I say, I can't say that I have a favorite when it comes to my solo cast because they're all like these beautiful, intuitive downloads. But my goodness, this one I'm so excited about. I know it's weird, but I get really lit up when we talk about how to better manage meltdowns and burnout and why we snap at our kids, mainly because I am a child of parents who would have their own meltdowns. More often than not, I am a parent that carried on some of those patterns. And when Ayan was a toddler, I really made it my mission. My personal goal was, okay, I'm meditating, I'm doing yoga, I'm working out. I mean, I take care of myself. Why is it that I sometimes lose it? And then sometimes I don't. I was noticing there was this pattern like, yeah, sometimes I feel like super mom and then sometimes I feel a little anxious and I'm like rushing around and then I snap and then sometimes I go into this like really low energy like guilt and shame and man, I suck as a mom and then I go back up and I feel really good about myself. I could notice that there was this pattern manifesting and I wanted to break through it and I noticed as I talked to more and more clients, as I read more and more like vulnerable, raw conversations of parents uh, just sharing their journey on Instagram, I noticed that there's like, okay, I'm noticing that they're on this pattern in this loop too. They're all amazing moms. They all have the best intentions, but feeling like they're falling short. And why is it that they feel like bad about themselves, that they're screaming or shouting or they feel depleted or sometimes they feel not supported or burned out or exhausted? And I was really trying to understand why. And I share that part of my journey to discover this really did lead me to finding the sister science of meditation and yoga, which was Ayurveda. And it was the missing link of fully understanding energy management and how to understand what stress truly is in our system. It's not something to be scared of. It's not something outside of us. No one can cause us stress. It is a physiological reaction when there's an imbalance within us. And so I share a lot about that in the podcast, but this really goes down to that one burning question parents always have why do we snap so much at our kids because we do not want to be that parent we obviously have no intention to bring that energy to our kids but why is it that we fall in that pattern 
And so that's why I'm so excited because I am a nerd and a student for life. And when I find resources, strategies, practices, when I started uncovering this pattern, it really was just like blew my mind. It was so exciting for me. And you know that anything that I share, the one to pass it forward. And a lot of my coaching clients, as I wrap up before I go on maternity leave, this is what we've been working on through then teaching specific breath work and movement and patterning shifts, um, building self-worth. It also even ties into the manifestation coaching that we do. I mean, it is pervasive in every aspect. So it's been really, really beautiful to allow this wisdom to unfold in my life, to be the space of helping others kind of navigate this. And I felt breakthroughs, my clients have felt breakthroughs, so I'm so excited to share the wisdom with you. But before we get started, I wanna let you know something very, very exciting. This year, I teamed up with Insight Timer to create a course very similarly to this, the Mindfully Handling Meltdowns for Parents and Kids. It is a 10-day course with audio lessons that are between 10 to 15 minutes. It really lays the foundation and gives a roadmap of how to become a more calmer and patient parent. It's insight packed, it has lots of tips, and it's really good to guide you through understanding what the different stress types are, why we snap, and you're gonna learn a little bit of a foundation of it today, but if you wanna go deeper, definitely check out that Insight Timer course. I will put a link in the show notes. The first lesson is free, which is awesome, and it's very, very affordable. It's $20. As you know, starting from May 17th, I'm going on maternity leave until the fall. Hopefully I'll give you a date in August time when I'm coming back. But until then, no one-on-one coaching. So until one-on-one coaching, starts up again in the fall. This will be a great resource for you to use in the summertime. Also, if you are interested in having coaching with me, I have already opened a wait list. So I have people on that list. If this is something that you wanna work with me one-on-one and you haven't gotten a chance to do it, right now or you listen to this podcast and like I want to dive deeper I want to know these concrete tools well send me an email at thejal at thejalvpatel.com and I will put you on the wait list and we already have like 10 people on the list which is so crazy because um you know as people like filter in I will contact them as they're on the list and I will work down the list um, so that I can be available to you guys. So let's dive into this super juicy topic. I know that you are like sitting at the edge of your seats, uh, but it's something honestly, of course, like thinking about meltdowns and not being our best at times when we snap can elicit shame and guilt. And my intention of this is obviously not to go in that area where, man, I'm falling short, man, I'm a bad mom. Absolutely not. When we're in this patterning, we all get in that feeling of we should be doing better. We should know better. I'm going to do better. And we like beat ourselves up and push ourselves to be better. And this is not what we need. We need to heal our self-worth. We need to heal ourselves and show ourselves self-compassion on this journey. We have all been there. We're all on this cycle and we're all trying to break through it. So really give yourself grace. The purpose of this is to listen to it in a way that you're opening your heart and your soul to allow more spiritual wisdom, to allow more tools and to help you be better. 
better, right? We're not trying to make you feel bad about yourself. So don't allow your ego to take you to that place. Be like, man, I should have known this. Man, I should be doing this. No, well, where you were was exactly where you needed to be to be listening to this podcast, to be motivated and have that fire under your butt to do the work to make the change. Everything that's happened is divinely orchestrated and just trust it and you are here for a reason listening to this podcast for a reason so listen with an open heart if you're a nerd like me you probably are going to take some notes it's really deep so let's dive in okay so why do we snap at our kids so much well I'm going to give you a really simple reason why we live in a state of heightened fight or flight whether we realize it or not, we're in this pattern, this cycle of mom burnout. For some of us, we recognize that we're on edge, that we're completely drained, depleted. Maybe our self-care is completely dwindled. We feel like we're moving through the motions and we are not fully alive. We feel that anytime something unplanned happens, we feel frazzled, anxious. We're living on edge at like that thin level of just like things are going to break at any given moment. And some of us may not be at that extreme. Some of us are. We have to just own where we are. So are you on that extreme of you feel like you're on edge, that you're constantly snapping at your kids, everything feels like it's falling apart, you're trying to show and maintain that everything is perfect, however, it feels like your house is a mess, that you're a mess, that you can't keep things organized and straight in your mind, you feel like you're falling behind constantly, you wake up tired no matter how many hours of sleep that you get. Some of us are living in that space, right? And then some of us will say, well, I think I have a pretty good handle. You know, most of the time I'm taking good care of myself and I feel like I'm in control and I feel like I'm getting, you know, my to-do list done. And then there's pockets of time where I start feeling anxious. And when something goes wrong, then I, you know, I don't snap right away, but I have a high tolerance of like feeling the pressure and then I push through it. Like I will work harder, I will do more, I will make myself be more productive or show up more. And it starts to show up as it's putting yourself kind of on the back burner, but you're not fully depleted. You're not fully exhausted. You're not fully burned out and you're not constantly snapping. But then there gets to a point that everyone has their threshold of tolerance and you snap. And then when you snap, it creates this pattern of like this drained energy, this low energy where then our thoughts become low and it becomes like you're not good enough. You're not doing enough. You need to really, other people can do it. You see the people on Instagram and it starts to make you feel inadequate about who you are and what you're doing and it pushes you. We push ourselves because we are ambitious. We are motivated. We really want to be good moms. So we will push ourselves and beat ourselves up to become that super mom again where we have it all together and we're doing all this stuff and we're taking off our to-do list and we get into this cycle and then over a period of time you will hit this complete state of exhaustion where you're like I need a break from social media I need a break from life I need to just check out and you realize that you may have a higher stamina But there is this pattern where like you're doing good, then you feel anxious, then you snap, and then you feel guilty, and then you're 
feeling good again and you're like there is this pattern that just keeps cycling over and over again and so it's really important to be honest that if you're on this cycle and where you're on this cycle right now because you are not alone this is that heightened flight or flight stress mode it is the burnout cycle that we're on and like i said everyone is on it at a different intensity but we are navigating through that and we have to come to realize and many of us have because i think the pandemic has done a really good job COVID has done a really good job that we realize that before that time we really tried to control everything in our life and that gave us a sense of security and safety and we realized that life is just simply sometimes out of our control things will happen to us despite our greatest intentions what we don't want and it will happen and what we realize is that control and anxiety are really sisters so when we feel like the excess need to control We do it so that we don't feel anxious and stressed. However, we're realizing at an innate subconscious level that there are things that we can't control. And when we realize we are powerless to control certain external things, that creates more anxiety and stress. So it's a cycle that we go through that the controlling, when we can't control things, it creates anxiety. So we try to control even harder. We try to micromanage more. We try to nag more. We try to get things to be exactly how we want. And when it doesn't show up, because life is a consistent patterning and test of simple moments and big experiences that enter that are not going to be exactly what you want when you want it, it's like, how do we manage that anxiety that comes up that need for control so this is the first just awareness point of understanding there is a burnout cycle and there are four states to this burnout cycle and the thing is is that we may feel like we're on this hamster wheel but we can find our way out and that's what i realized through this journey of when i was trying to uncover how do we break this cycle because there was definitely a pattern and a cycle going on here And when I learned the right tools and the right breath work, it's all about energy management. It all boils down back to energy management. And so let's talk about what this burnout cycle truly looks like. There's four stages. I kind of briefly just explained them, but I want you to fully pinpoint what the names of the four stages of the burnout cycle are. It's what keeps us in that fight or flight survival mode, even though we might not be freaking out right now or melting down in this moment. It keeps our sympathetic nervous system activated. It is like a flame. It is turned on in the background. So everything that we see and experience goes through that filter. And so when something big happens or when we reach our point of, I cannot handle this, our immediate reaction then is to melt down and snap immediately without any pause, without any reflection, without any ability to really be like, okay, do I want to react or respond? So let's get into what step one is. It is that mode of super mom mode. When you are 
really organized, you are productive, your kids are thriving, you're infusing some self-care into your routine, you feel like super mom, you have a to-do list, but you're checking it off, you feel like you have it all together, you feel really productive, you feel like, oh my gosh, I got this, like I'm buying the organic foods, the screen time is at a minimum, I'm feeling good, my kids are doing good, not super, super crazy meltdowns or anything, and you're like, I can totally do this, like this is not a problem. But the reality is that when we're coming from that energy of being fully productive and we do feel good, underlying problem is is that our mindset is functioning from self-worth patterns and standards that are not sustainable. It's that our self-worth is not simply because of who we are. It's that self-worth is dependent on how productive we are, how creative we are, how much money I make, how good of a mom I am or how patient I am. You know, we're deriving our self-worth from something that is outside of us. And that's what's dictating us to be, push, move. And though we feel good because we are being productive, it is not sustainable long-term. And then when that happens, is that when everything is good, everything feels like you're in control, things are going your way, you're good. And then enter. Life has the way of just naturally entering something unplanned or unwanted happening. And it is creates a sense of pressure a sense of anxiety it now adds like okay it's like my my chronically uh, moving to-do list it's like you have 10 things on your list you cross off five and another five join back on it's like okay now you're in multitasking mode you're trying to seek more control and feel less anxious because something has disrupted your natural flow right? So it could be your child's meltdown or something happens at work or, you know, for me recently, what it's been is like every time, um, you know, there is a COVID scare or like a teacher or a staff member or student in my children's school, they have to shut down the room for 14 days in quarantine. And I have my schedule already planned out. So it's like, I have to reevaluate and reschedule. I have to work with the kids being home. And so that is a unexpected little just like, okay, let's throw a little curveball at you. And what tends to happen is that when we feel that pressure build up, we're like, okay, I have to repivot, I have to adapt, I have to change. It takes up some of our energy. And when that pressure comes up, what we typically do is that when we're on that burnout cycle, unmindfully, is that we'll push through. Because it's not that intense where we're going to snap and shut down. But when we feel like, oh my gosh, there's not enough time. I'm, I can't waste my time. The self-care starts to dwindle, right? So we're not taking care of ourselves as much. We're eating our kids leftover mac and cheese and fruit snacks. We're eating on the go. We're, yeah, maybe we're doing some workouts, but like we're not consistently having time to like meditate or doing specific types of exercises that will help slow down that energy of anxiety within us. We're just like maybe like running faster and we're like doing exercises that are not aligned with what our energy needs based on Ayurveda terms of how to balance that specific dosha. So the signs that you're in this multitasking mode where you're now activated your state of fight or flight, 
it is now the sign that you are micromanaging, you're demanding, you're getting irritated over small little things, you're multitasking, rushing. It's harder to focus because you're pushing through. And your kids may still be thriving, but your well-being is now starting to be pushed aside. You're starting to show signs of maybe being mentally tired, but you're not fully exhausted or burned out or anything because you are still running on certain level of energy. So it's very, very important that we all feel the pressure and some of us have a higher tolerance to that. We can stay in the state of like swallowing the pressure and taking it all in and pushing harder. And some of us have a lower tolerance. We can take it for a little period of time and then what is the next step that happens when the pressure builds up too much to the point that we can't handle it and we don't have, we feel like our body and coping mechanisms can't handle it? then it's the meltdown mode. We snap. And what takes us from that anxious multitasking mode into meltdown mode? Enter in a sensory, physical, or emotional trigger. Another thing that usually happens that is unexpected, unplanned, and we are already in a heightened state of anxiety. We're in an agitated state and then a sensory, emotional, or physical trigger now activates us full form in our flight fight mode. This is the cue that your brain has turned offline. Cue the mommy meltdown. You can't take it anymore, boom, you blow up. And you're blaming others and your kids. This is true full on fight or flight mode, right? So you will say things in rage. You will say things because uh, maybe some your child says something rude to you and then you snap and lash back and say something mean back to them. Your body just can't handle the stimulation. And so sometimes sensory triggers, and I talk about this on Instagram, I was sharing a lot that, you know, not just children have sensory triggers. When it's too bright or too loud and all the sounds of the, the annoying toys are playing and your kids are all asking for you at the same time and then the coffee machine is going on at the same time or like like it's nighttime and like the TV's on and it's too bright and the lights are too bright and you're already kind of like in a heightened state. Maybe you're wearing clothes that are too tight and itchy and it like doesn't make you feel comfortable or even temperature. Like if for someone like me, if my feet are cold or my body's cold, my nervous system feels like it's on edge. Or some people when they're really hot, they just snap or they're hangry. So there's really a very, very important understanding of what your sensory cues are. Like you're using your five senses, your environment can trigger you to go into meltdown, take you from that state of like a heightened, anxious, pressured state into full-blown explosion, I can't handle it state. And so to know your triggers and what overstimulates you, like too much clutter, going too fast, um, you know, rushing when you have too many things on your plate, if it's too bright, too loud, you're too bored, like you're not having enough stimulation. It's really important to know what those triggers are. And that's what I help my clients do. So for me, right, like when you notice that the pressure is building up, rather than pushing through, you actually pause and take the reset to help the pressure kind of release back out. And when you're noticing and getting crystal clear on what your emotional, sensory, and physical triggers are, emotional triggers are the ones that are a little bit harder because they're the ones that are deep-rooted from our childhood or even past lives. These are um, dating back to the past of old feelings and behaviors that surface up that 
that person's behavior triggered something within you that caused you to melt down. Like if, you know, something like if you've been lied to in the past that may trigger some people not feeling respected or validated or seen or heard, um, you know, being corrected or feeling out of control. This is what takes a little bit deeper to do a dive to understand what is that emotional trigger that draws up when say your child's not listening or you have to repeat yourself 10 times and then you melt down. When you're in that meltdown mode, you'll know before even the snappiness happens is that you're chronically cranky on on and on edge. Like you are now at that space that I was talking about where you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm like one small thing away from just losing it. And you're trying to keep it all together and you're trying to make it seem like you have it together, but inside it's like feels like such disarray. It feels like hot mess express inside of you, like very chaotic, very cluttered. Mind is foggy. Your energy is low. You're living off of coffee and the wine at night to relax. And you know, you're kind of doing like the diet soda self-care. I did a podcast on that, that you're not really rejuvenating yourself. Like you feel depleted, like especially after a meltdown, it drains so much of your resilience energy and it requires us to really pause and reset. The one big thing is that when we get to this point, that's when we're like, okay, what breathing resets do I need to do? That's when we focus on it. The heat of the moment happens. Like, well, how can I stay calm in the heat of the moment? But we forget that even when we're in that mode of feeling aligned, um, you know, being productive, not necessarily being triggered, the work starts then. And that's what I teach my clients is like the breath work and the patterns of knowing what you're feeling within you starts, that awareness starts then. It's not when you're in meltdown mode because now you're completely depleted. And so now we're like working our way back up. So when we're trying to like break through this cycle, we're not going to stop the external stimuluses and the external things from happening, right? Those things are going to trigger us. The sensory triggers are going to happen. The emotional triggers are going to happen. It's like, how do we break the patterning is based on what tools we're incorporating throughout this cycle, the awareness of when, where we are in the cycle. So what typically happens after the meltdown is a low energy And if we don't replenish that energy, we stay in this low energy vibe. It is the Netflix, Ben and Jerry's, and chill mode. It is the low thoughts, I'm not good enough. You shame yourself. The guilt comes in. We do more diet soda self-care. We're not working out. We have no motivation to move our body. We're in low energy thoughts. We think badly of ourselves. Our inner mean girl comes out and beats us up. You can do better. Look at her. She can do it. Others are doing it. You're not a good enough mom. Come on, figure it out. You're not a good enough example for your kids. You're screwing up your kids. You're letting them down. You know, all those things. And you're like, I don't want to be like that. I'm not going to be like that. And you push yourself back up into super mom mode. And then the pattern continues, right? You feel like you get yourself organized outside of you. But the self-worth work hasn't been done. The truly rejuvenating self-care hasn't been infused that helps us truly unpack and unroot the self-worth issues that we need to heal so that we don't just go into super mom mode, which is the state of perfection and productivity and pushing through and it's unsustainable. We don't want to go to super mom. We want to go into a mode where we're self 
worth mom, the one that feels worthy, that one, the one that's aligning her energy to the task that she has, the one that feels like I'm worthy for who I am. It doesn't matter what I accomplish today. I love myself. I feel grounded that I know that I'm a good mother. I am a good worker. I am just because of who I am. What I do today will be enough. I am enough. I have enough time. It's like coming from a place of abundance and we have to work there because the cycle will then continue in a different way if we enter that mode. So let's go through that cycle rather than a burnout cycle, be a balance cycle. And I'm not talking about balancing the external parts of your life. I'm talking about inner energetic balance. When you notice you're going to go through the same patterns, it's just that you're showing up in a different way to handle the energetic impact of what is happening, the unexpected things that are happening, the sensory triggers that are happening, you're going to feel the pressure inside of you. That's not going to go away. It's just how you handle it and the intensity of it will decrease. Rather than going from a super mom mode, right? We're coming from a space of self-worth, right? You are getting it done, but you're not overly zealous and putting 10 things on your to-do list. You're matching your energy to the tasks that you have. I feel more energetically aligned to have meetings. I have more energetically lower energy. So I feel like I want to do introspective work. Maybe I'm going to do the behind the scenes kind of technical stuff. You're really aligning yourself in your day to what your mood is, how your energy is, and you're allowing more alignment and flow rather than I should be doing this. I have to do this. I'm obligated to do this. I need to do this. It's a different energy. There's no pushing and forcing in a way that you're trying to prove yourself to yourself or to anyone else that you got this, trying to do it all without having the help. It's about needing knowing when you need support. That's what self-worth is. Do I need support and can I invest in some support in some area of my life? You're consistently rooted in your self-care and self-worth in the sense that you're rejuvenating self-care practices. And so I teach my clients to infuse practices of breath work and movement that will raise your energy. You are creating, like I always say, you're an iPhone and you have to charge your battery every day. You're not waiting until it's in the red battery zone when you're in meltdown mode. You are charging it every single day and throughout the day your energy starts to deplete a little bit as you're on electronics as you work as you pivot as unexpected things little little things like little things pop up you deplete when you feel depleted a little bit you're not completely depleted you boost it back up and then enter that thing that unexpected thing that really makes you pivot you recognize and you're aware. You're not just going pushing into multitasking mode. You pause and do resets to slow down. You're in a self-awareness mode. You're doing three proper checks to understand where your energy is at, what tools that you need, and what's the level of anxiety or the pressure that's building up. And so for my clients, I really walk them through a step-by-step of depending on how intense that pressure feels in their mind, that multitasking, that rushing, you'll know the right tools to use to help ground you, to help balance you, to help your mind refocus. So you can look at the problem that's showing up and be able to find the solution to pivot without getting flustered, right? So you're not pushing through, you're recognizing it, you're aware and you're pausing and you're doing the right resets. Now you might still find that you have some pressure within you. 
enter in those sensory unpleasant the emotional triggers the physical triggers when you're in a more grounded state you are aware that these things are happening it doesn't mean that they're not gonna never bother you again it's just that you're aware like i'm in a heightened state this is triggering me a little bit all right so what am i gonna do you know that the potential is that you can either go in meltdown mode or you can go in self-soothing mode. You can take space, you can be silent, you can work through and self-soothe with resets. You notice that you have to calm down and cool down because these triggers are coming at you and you may not potentially have the stamina to fully handle it. So whatever situation comes out, you're able to cultivate that pre-meltdown pause. And that is so key to stop the pattern of snapping. It doesn't mean that when your child has a meltdown, it doesn't trigger you. It doesn't mean when they're rude to you, it doesn't bother you. It means that you have enough awareness and you're not in a heightened red state or that fight or flight state where you'll immediately react and respond and say something. You'll be able to be mindfully present. You can mindfully breathe. You can do the resets that you need and recognize what is my state of mind right now? Can I respond calmly? Am I like, nope, I this is not the right time or place. My energy is not aligned. Or I'm fully aligned. I can be present and have a conversation that is for the best interest of everybody. It really is the practice of getting to know in that pre-meltdown pause, what are your options? And then as you go through that, right, sometimes you're going to respond in a way that is not exactly how you want to. That can happen sometimes. That's part of the growth of a human being. And what happens then, right? Say that you do raise your voice a little bit. Maybe you don't completely lose it, but you are irritated and you're like, oh, I just can't handle this. Then you have to understand when we're working through and trying to learn from what we made the mistake it's how our inner voice speaks to us are we coming from a place of making a plan finding a solution apologizing in a genuine way forgiving yourself the self-compassion mode or are we going to enter mom guilt mode you know guilt is not all bad guilt can motivate us to recognize areas that we need to change it's when we stay stuck in the patterning of believing that you suck you need to do more when we get into that patterning of letting the ego push us that's when it becomes a problem so when you feel bad about what you do that is an opportunity to be like hey i humbly apologize there's something that i need to work out there's something that i need to learn there's something that when i know better i can do better and that is what the lesson is and then you're going to have an honest conversation when you feel ready to handle whatever solution a problem it is and then to build up your energy you're doing rejuvenating self-care. You're so aware of what that truly means. You're not escaping your life and then coming back to your life without tools to really help you through your problems. You're nurturing your mind, body, and soul. And you're gonna know in that moment when you have physical stress, what do you use? Like what are the right exercises? What are the right breathing tools? What should you be doing to really rejuvenate your self-care? And each phase of this, rejuvenating self-care and the resets look different because you can't have a one size fits all. And that's what I love teaching my clients. Not only you have the awareness of this, but now you have the tools of each step of what you're gonna do when you feel like in that moment, what do you do to shift out of that mood? That's where the secret is. It's not that life is gonna be easier for a person that practices this. 
It's going to be the same challenges, different ways, showing up. That's a part of life. It's just that now you have the awareness of where you are in this patterning and who you want to be, the energy you want to bring through it. So as you can see, we all experience this. This is a part of the human experience. And it is a great honor for me to that I have been a vessel for allowing some of this wisdom to come through to me so that I can share it. And so like I said, I have exercises for each step of the way, whether you're building that self-worth practice, whatever it is, learning your triggers, how to handle your triggers, what are the right resets during that period of each pattern and each point in the stages of this cycle. I deeply apologize. I realized that there is a lawnmower that is uh, running around my neighbor's yard. So I apologize if that that sound came through when I was recording. But I was so excited to do this and it felt so aligned for me to do it right now that I didn't want to pause and then do it at a later time. So I really hope this serves you well. If you have any questions about this, please email me. I'm happy to be here for you. And if you found value, please share this. Please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. The best thing that you can do while we're away um, for season two and season three will be coming back in the fall is that you continue to listen and share the podcast so that there's continuing growth and the wisdom it gets is getting out there. If you have any suggestions for topics for season three, please hit me up. I'm going to be sitting in August to really get an idea of what kind of new guests I want, what new podcast topics that I want, whether it's solo cast. And I really want you to be involved in it. I want it to serve you. So definitely hit me up and let me know if there's like something that resonates with you that you would be inspired in learning more about. Because if you're inspired about it, there are other people out there inspired to learn about it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to season two of the podcast. Like I said, we're ending it with a bang with so much wisdom. I know that you're going to get so much out of this. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for all your support, all your messages and just the outpouring of your love when you share that this really resonated with me. It just lights up my soul that makes me feel aligned that I'm sharing what is exactly needed and it's a validation for me to continue to keep doing this. It's a passion project. I don't make money off of this and it's something that I truly do from the goodness of my heart to be able to share in a medium and a mode that can Uh, goes beyond just Instagram where it's like three minutes and it's like really short blurbs. We can really connect at a deeper level and send wisdom that's really, really important for this time. So thank you guys so much. I love you so much. Have a beautiful, beautiful summer. When I come back, I will be mama of three. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Again, I love you guys. Bye. If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven day stress detox course. All you gotta do is screenshot your review before you submit it. Email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tools anytime I feel impatient, angry, fresh, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too. And 
if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble's Target, IndieBound, BAM, and you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner in learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.